You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. We'll get to some Eagles stuff um, in the next hour. And I also want to start doing this. We'll uh, talk about one guy during this segment, I suppose. But I want to start going through a couple of the candidates, a couple of guys that have been linked to the birds. Um, so we'll get to that. What, 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 what do you got there, We'll Mike? have to do an odds update. See how they change day to day. Yeah, we'll do an odds update, and we'll we'll look at um, some of the guys who have been linked, and we'll get to this, the Eagles more in the next hour. We'll get to the the, the crybaby quarterback who that should be his new name. Uh, crybaby. The the w- what's better? Hashtag crybaby quarterback or hashtag Coach Killer Carson? I like Coach Killer Carson personally. Crying Carson. Crying Carson. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the cater, the coddling continues because it's becoming pretty evident. That's why Doug got fired. Like Doug got fired because, uh, you know, they want to please Carson and, you know, um, I, I, I will say, and I know a lot of the Howie, uh, haters will, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ramp back a little bit of my Howie hate tonight. I, I sure. think, um, you know, the, the, the real villain here is the owner. I think that's becoming obvious. That the owner's the real problem. It's number eleven. Well, yeah, well, yeah, him. But Jeffrey Lurie is enabled this coddling nature when it comes to him. Um, and Stop the coddling. And the reports the other day uh, just make it e- even even worse in regards to Carson. Did you, by the way, um, I never got my five bucks, Mike. Um, oh. Paul, he only had a ten, and then uh, I, I did not have any cash to break the change. <laughs> Um, sounds like that was his problem. Yeah. I don't buy, I don't buy anything with cash these days. Uh, you know, only, you know, there's not, there, there's not much I buy with cash. I'll say that, uh, most things I can buy with a card, um, you know, it, at a store and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe a few things you, you have to buy with cash. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. You know, but not much. 215-592-9494 if you want to join the show. But I'll give you a social media gripe real quick here. Um, and I I may have used this one before, but I'm not sure. So I'll just do it again right now. When people tweet, and then I guess it's it's usually when they're proud of their tweet. And at the end, to emphasize that they're proud of their tweet, they'll actually say, send tweet. Have you seen this? <laughs> I, this kills you when you're not on Twitter and you don't but, see this stuff. But it's just so funny to react of like how ridiculous. Send tweet. Yeah. It's like when they're proud of their tweet and they want attention drawn to the tweet. Instead of just actually sending the tweet, they will add at the end, like, like uh, Joel Embiid is the NBA MVP right now. Send tweet. I, I just don't understand the ne- why that's necessary, and it bothers me. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Um, hmm. Trying to find one. I was trying to find one sports related, but okay, a lot of political ones that we'll hold off. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was today was a, a big mixture of political Twitter and NBA Twitter just converging all at once. And Flyers Twitter. Uh, I'm sure, Trump's right? getting impeached over here. Harden's getting traded to the Nets over here, and it's just a. A flood on the, uh, and this is another one I'll just throw in there, on the TL. When people refer to Twitter as the TL I or, like that or more, this app. I like that more than this website. This website's the worst. That just, oh my God. On the Twitter.com. Yeah, it's just, uh, these people are just, they they are the, the absolute worst. So, there's a few gripes for you uh, today. I still can I want to find more of um, the, here's what we're not going to do. Oh, that, that's been my favorite one. They're just terrible. They're they're just terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Uh 
9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Um, main topic tonight, talking a lot of Sixers in the first hour. Surprised it hasn't been heavier on the phones, to be honest with you, because um, I thought there would be more, you know, either, either outrage or relief uh, about what happened. Sixers do not pull the trigger. James Harden will not be a Sixer. He is going to Brooklyn um, in a deal for uh, what it, uh, basically accounts, uh, amounts to eight first-round picks. Just insane. Um, and then they get Victor Oladipo, which I don't get why they traded Levert for Oladipo. I guess they wanted the expiring contract, get out of it at the end of the year. The Rockets are basically like tanking the next five years, is what it looks like to me. Oladipo's kind of been um, it's under the radar because of you know, Harden and some of the other stuff last year, but he was like, he was telling other teams on the court to trade for him. Right. Like he's, uh, he's kind of a, you know, and he's not even very good. Like Like he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's like between 20th and 30th best. Maybe I have a bad memories of Victor Oladipo. Do you know, do do you know why Mike, uh, Something with his Indiana career? Yes. When Indiana... They didn't play Temple. They did in the tournament. They they? they did. They were the one seed. Temple was the eight seed. In that game, Khalif Wyatt scored like more than half of Temple's points. Khalif Wyatt had like 35 points or something. And the Sixers or or, uh, Temple lost that game in the second round of the tournament in 2012. Um, That's my... uh, And also, I have bad James Harden memories. James Harden knocked Temple out when he was with ASU as well. You're right. about that? Yeah, yeah. Way back, and I believe that was 09. Um, but yes. that yeah, that was a first round matchup. So uh, you know, just more failures of Fran. Uh, which that's a take I haven't gone to in a while. Uh, the Fran, the Fran Dunphy uh, is a bad coach take. Well, they haven't really had a season this year for you right. to even like talk about. Right, exactly. And Aaron, Aaron's not doing much better right now. So, um, what can you do? Only two games under five hundred. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But did the Sixers make a mistake? Did they squander an opportunity? Not trading for James Harden, or did they do the right thing, holding firm, not giving up the farm, and? Uh, do you trust Daryl Morey to improve this team down the line? That's where I fall right now, despite being disappointed. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. Everyone a little distracted, just filling out my uh, timesheet here. I can get paid. Um, Timesheets do a day early today, so I usually do them on. Well, I usually wait till the last minute and do it on Thursday, but our timesheets are due on Thursday this week, so I got to do it right now. Multitasking a little bit here. I guess you're pretty confident you're making it through these. Uh... The rest of the shift. The rest of the shift. I yeah, I know. You uh, get paid anyway, but yeah. Um, darn it! I just I, I forgot to save it, so I'm gonna have to do it again during the next break. But that's unfortunate. But if you want to get in two one five five nine two nine four nine four to join the show, discussing the Sixers and whether whether or not they made the right decision here by not making this move for James Harden and. I had come around. I had. I had started the season saying, wait, um, because I thought the Sixers had the leverage. Um, I thought they had the time because I didn't think Houston would get a better offer than Ben Simmons. Now, you know, when you bring and I see Mike in South Philly's there. We'll get to Mike in, in one second here. But one thing that really did hurt the Sixers here that I didn't account for, but what ultimately I think pushed Brooklyn to make this move is the craziness of Kyrie Irving. Like, what the Brooklyn Nets did was get Kyrie insurance, essentially. Because what he's doing right now, I don't know if he's coming back. Like, he already wants Steve Nash fired. Like, what is up with this guy? He, he was upset that they didn't uh, consult him in the hiring. He was livid. And it, it, I saw a clip the other night. He called timeout. He, like, was yelling at Steve Nash. 
poor Steve Nash. The guy's got a got a job, um, first head coaching job ever, and he's got to deal with that nutcase. Uh, Kyrie doesn't want any part of being there. That's kind of like that to me. That's something you take up with Durant because like everyone knows Durant. It was his idea to to bring in Nash. Like you take that up with Durant. You don't take that up with Nash. Like. Right, you know but I mean? it's just like, but it doesn't, it really, it doesn't matter. I mean, we all know it's yeah. not about the coach with Kyrie. It's about Kyrie wants to be a baby and wants to do Kyrie things. Did you see he was on a Zoom call during the Nets game? Yeah, he said, th- that guy is a, a, a bleep, a bleep, you know what. I mean, I don't know what I'm allowed to say when I'm not in terms of FCC regulations, but he's a jerk, okay? So that, Classic I, Duke. Right, and I think that really pushed Brooklyn to make this move where you're in a spot where... They have Kevin Durant. Their window is obviously now, and I think Brooklyn looked at it twofold, is they don't know what Kyrie's future is going to be. He's a very weird guy. I mean, Kyrie could retire tomorrow, and it wouldn't shock me. Like, it really wouldn't shock me if Kyrie Irving just said, I don't care about playing basketball anymore. I don't want to do it. Um, And then you're going to lose Kevin Durant, and... You're 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 not really gonna have anything for all of this that you had had promised your fan base and that you had hoped for when you made these moves with that big offseason. And basically, that's what this was. This is Kyrie Irving insurance, where if Kyrie doesn't come back, they have James Harden, and it it, it really forced Brooklyn and forced their hand to make this move right now. And that's the part I hadn't accounted for. It's why I thought the Sixers could wait because they had the best offer. But in the end, um, Brooklyn needed to do this. They needed to do this because of Kyrie Irving and the stuff that he was pulling. And, uh, you know, to, to, to make that happen, they decided they would trade literally all of their picks and a lot of their depth and see if they can make it work. And that was what I had failed to account for. And that's ultimately what put the Sixers in a really tough spot here. So Irving is uh, it cost him two point five million dollars in salary to go to that party. Really? Yeah. He's he's just what what a what a weird guy. He just what an odd guy. Um, and maybe maybe LeBron's best accom maybe of all the things LeBron has accomplished, maybe his greatest accomplishment was winning a championship with that with that you know uh, jo. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four is how you join the show. Um, open lines right now. If you want to get in, let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Yo, Mike. How's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? I gotta say, um, in all honesty. Been a Philadelphia sports fan for 36 years. Well, not 36 years. 36 years old, but <laughs> you don't really become a sports fan until you're, what, five, six, seven, eight years old. This is the most depressed and bummed I've ever been about Philadelphia sports in my entire life. Not, oh, come on, Mike. Not talking come on. specifically about this. I'm talking about collectively for Philadelphia sports, all the teams just right now in the year 2021. I truly and honestly believe this, and I don't say things like this. I think it through. I'm not a reactionary person. I put logic into it. I put thought into it. I think we are headed toward a, an early to mid-90s level stretch of Philadelphia sports. I really think it's going to be that bad. Um, it's going to be kind of like the mid-90s where it was kind of the Flyers were in contention. Remember, they went to the Cup, uh, cup Finals against the Red Wings, and everybody else around then was kind of mediocre, maybe kind of good. You know, the Sixers were okay. Uh, the Eagles and Phillies kind of sucked. And uh, I think that's where we are right now. Um, and uh, – Depending on what the Eagles do with their coaching search, I honestly, and I'm dead serious when I say this, I don't joke around with stuff like this. I, I, I might just take a year or two off in Philadelphia sports. I just, I'm so, uh, I'm so close to being at my wit's end with the city and, and our sports teams. And this was one of the final uh, landing blows um, for me for, uh, for Philadelphia sports. It was soul crushing. Uh, I don't think opportunities like this come around often. In fact, I don't know. In my lifetime, I can say unequivocally, in my lifetime, a top five player in the NBA has never, ever had Philadelphia as a number one destination, ever. Never. It's never happened in my entire life. You know, nobody wants to come to the Sixers. And this was one of those chances. And um, I think Maury blew it. I think Maury blew it. Look, Maury was a fantastic hire. No question about it. Excuse me. But... He's never won a championship. 
And I believe the reason he never won a championship was because he blew it with Jimmy Butler in Houston. He won Jimmy Butler. He kind of hesitated to go all in. And if they would have paired Butler with Chris Paul and Harden, they probably would have beat that Warriors team. And he didn't do it. And while he's a tremendous general manager, he has shown a little, kind of being a little skittish on going on the all-in moves. Um, the kind of, I mean, Harden wasn't really all in because they were a building team at the time. But when you're at that point and you want to go over the top and kind of mortgage your future, he has shown a kind of uh, apprehension to do it. And I think it cost him with Houston. I think it's going to cost him here. I think this is the worst mistake he's ever made in his in his executive career. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie, Mike. I, I think it's a little short-sighted. I do. I think it's a little short-sighted. I understand that James Harden is a great scorer, and I understand he's a heck of a player. I mean, you can say Daryl Morey's never won anything. You can also say James Harden's never won anything. And I would I would actually say James Harden's probably more responsible for that than Daryl Morey. But, you know, there are going to be things that come up down the line. Like, there are going to be guys that become available. And I get that we could end up looking back at this and thinking that this was a missed opportunity, but there is a chance that in two months a Bradley Beal becomes available. And honestly, if that ends up being the route the Sixers go, I'd rather have Bradley Beal than James Harden. See, I disagree, but even the point, I mean, if the Sixers get Bradley Bill, they're not beating the Nets. The Nets are going to crush the Sixers. A, a, a Sixers team with Bradley, I mean, they'd have to obviously trade Ben Simmons. And here's the thing, like, Bradley Beal is going to be incredibly expensive. Like, this is the price that superstars cost now. I heard people say, oh, the, the pick swaps and all this. Like, the, the Bucks gave up multiple pick swaps for Drew Holiday. Like, this is the price. This is what it costs. The Lakers gave up a ton for, for Anthony Davis. Like, this is what it costs to get top five talents. Bradley Beal is going to cost you Ben Simmons, Thibel, and probably three to four first-round picks. That's what it's going to cost. Yeah, but, this he's, is the but, price. but, he, but he's four years younger, Mike. He's entering right, but, his prime. James Harden's 31 years old and doesn't take care of his body. No, but I understand that. But the problem is the competition to get to the top of the finals has just gotten more difficult. If you replace Ben Simmons with Bradley Beal and you throw it, you're not beating the Nets, and you're probably still not beating Boston. You might not beat Milwaukee. Like, they just not only missed out on Harden, but they made the team that they have to go through to get to the top even more, even stronger. I mean, possibly. I'd say possibly. I mean, you look at uh, outside of Harden Durant, I mean, that team doesn't have much else. And you can, hey, they might not meet, need much else. They, they really might. Um, but I don't know how confident they can be right now in Kyrie coming back to the fold. I, I don't think they are. I think it's part of the reason they did this right now. Um, and. I'll say this, Mike, and and I wonder if if this you know changes your mindset at all about the fact that Daryl Morey knows James Harden better than anybody else, and Daryl Morey ultimately decided that this was not worth it for James Harden. He's closer to that situation than anybody is. Well, I thought about that, but then I thought like he was willing to go that far, so he obviously really, really wanted him. So he obviously thought he could really help the Sixers. I just think it came to a point where. He, not that he didn't think that Harden was worth it, but he just thought this is just too much, too rich for my blood. So you know what? Like, this is like, look, I'm just going to be honest here. Philadelphia sport, we're, we're a city of losers. We've won two championships in the last 38 years. And you want to know why we've only won two championships in the last 38 years? It's because the Bostons, the L.A.s, the New Yorks, those teams go all in. Those teams don't care about our future. Oh, my God, our future. Dude, Dude, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have global warming. Like, we have, like, two major, uh, like, wildfires that tear apart half the country every year. Like, well, we might not even be on Earth in, in 10 years. Like, I'm so sick about worrying about the future for everything. Like, go all in. Mortgage the future for just once. I'm so sick of being the ugly stepchild of New York and Boston and L.A. Those teams, they don't give a damn. They go for it. They, and, and it always works out. They went for it for Anthony Davis. It worked out. They, they, they went for it for LeBron. It worked out. The Dodgers went for it for Moogie Betts. It worked out. They got Josh Beckett in Boston back in the day. It worked out. Like These teams go for it. The, the, the Celtics traded for Kevin Garnett. It worked out. They went in for Ray Allen. It worked Worked out. Meanwhile, the Sixers, oh my God, our future. Oh my God, we can't give up our picks and our players. And you know what happens? You win two titles in 40 years. That's what happens. And the fans always put up this front. They always put up this front. Oh, good, good. Let them get them. We'll show them. Yeah, how does that work out? You lose. Philadelphia is a city of losers. 
We don't win anything here. And I'm so tired of watching all these other teams win championship after championship after championship because they have the guts to go for it. And meanwhile, we sit here and go, who else can we get? We're going to settle for a third best player or a fourth best player. Bradley Beal's nice. He's not James Harden. Top, there's only five top five players in the NBA. He's one of them. We're not getting LeBron. We're not getting Kawhi. We're not getting Curry. And we didn't get Harden. And we're not getting, I mean, whoever else you want to throw into the mix. Yeah, no. No, go, no, go, no ahead. Go, go ahead, Mike. You're no, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of watching these other teams win titles. Go for it. Go for it. You know, and, and you look at what's going on with the Phillies and the Eagles, like, it's, it's a depressing time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. I just wish that these general managers would forget, forget about the future for just once. You know, draft, pick, draft picks will come back. You'll get more of them, okay? Now, it might take a while to get more when you mortgage a lot, but at, at some point in your franchise, your draft picks will start coming in again. It's not in perpetuity. You didn't give them up for the rest of eternity. But guys like James Harden, a top-five player who has your team at the top of his list, that doesn't happen all the time. In fact, like I mentioned before, it's never happened in my entire lifetime, ever. This is the only time it's ever happened. And I, like, I'm looking at the landscape of Philadelphia sports, Tom. Like, when's the last time you went into a Philadelphia sports season expecting to win a title? Like, now, obviously, that doesn't mean you're going to get one. But when's the last time you went into a Philadelphia sports season expecting to win a championship? I mean, I thought the Eagles had a good chance in 2018. I did. I mean, no, did you expect them? Like, yeah, I me, picked them to win that year. I did. I was wrong. Well, for me, like now, for me, I didn't expect that because Carson Wentz was coming off an ACL tear, so I like it was for me. It was 2011, right, when they had the the, the uh, four aces. Right. It's been almost 10 years where I went into a season expecting a team to, to win a title in my entire life. 36 years on this planet. It's only happened three times. It was 2004 when the Eagles got T.O. It was 2009. Uh, I thought the Phillies could go back-to-back, and it was 2011 with the Phillies. Three years out of 36 of my entire life, I've come into a Philadelphia sports season expecting to win a championship. Yeah. And I'm so jealous of all these other cities. They just know their team is going to be in the finals or the cup finals or this World Series, and we're a bunch of second-rate, third, fourth, fifth, place losers. I get, I'm tired of it, Tom. I, I get it, Mike. I appreciate the call. I, I appreciate it. I, I think Mike was a little over the top tonight. I do. A little over the top. I mean, it's not as dire as that. Like, it's not. And, I mean, Daryl Morey's been here a couple months. All right? We know Daryl Morey is a good executive. Daryl Morey has a good track record. Daryl Morey knows James Harden as well as anybody. And I get it if you're disappointed. I understand that. Um, I'm disappointed too. I wanted James Harden as well. But I don't believe that this is the end of the world. I don't believe that uh, the Sixers are doomed forever. James Harden is a very good player. James Harden would have been a very good fit with the Sixers. But Daryl Morey is not going to sit by and do nothing. Like, he's not. He's going to do something. He's going to do something that is going to improve this team. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to crucify him after one, you know, decision not to trade for James Harden. And I understand the the desire to, to not worry about the future. And I get it. And I do think in many situations, teams do worry way too much about that. But... We crush the Eagles for not worrying about the future. But then we crush the Sixers for having some sort of eye in the future. I mean, the Nets gave up a decade's worth of picks. They did. Um, and you could say uh, that doesn't matter, and it might not. But the Nets could also not win anything. Um, Harden Durant could leave in a few years, and they could be done forever. So it's not without risk. Like, there is risk involved. Part of Daryl Morey's job is kind of, you know, is managing that gap between now and later. And I'm not going to completely crush him for passing on this deal. Like, I understand the disappointment. I do. But I'm not at the point where I believe the Sixers are doomed and they're finished and it's over. Like, 
They still have Joel Embiid. They still have Ben Simmons. They still have a really good coach. They still have a really good team. And I think the team will be made better. I absolutely do. Um, so while I understand Mike's, Mike's point, and I get the frustration, I get the disappointment, I don't think it's it's that bad of a decision. Like, I don't think this is, like, the worst decision that I have ever seen a, a general manager make. Um, but I, I, I understand uh, the opinion there of Mike, and, and I appreciate him uh, checking in. And, and uh, you know, I want to get your take on it. Do you feel the way Mike does? Do you think the Sixers squandered an opportunity? He's not alone. And I get that line of thinking. Um, and the disappointment, I, I'm feeling it. But I also believe that Daryl Morey will do something. And, you know, we talk about Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal is a really good player. Like, I don't think people understand how good he is. Like, this is a guy 27 years old. He's four years younger than James Harden. Um, is he James Harden? Has he had the career James Harden's had? No. He also hasn't been surrounded with anywhere near the kind of talent that James Harden has been. Um, but, uh, you know, Bradley Beal is, as of now, not available. But that could change. And here's another cut from the uh, Hoop Collective podcast, our boy Wendy, talking about that possibility. Yeah, there is that possibility. Sorry, that pa- the long pause got me there. That was um, good. Yeah, but yeah, there is that possibility. And also, what about this possibility, Mike? And, and this is something I haven't heard mentioned that much, and this would probably be a similar type return that you'd have to give up for this guy than was just given up for James Harden. But say we get two months in, and things aren't going well, and this team is not going to make the playoffs, and they decide, you know, the core's getting older, and it's time to rebuild. Portland? No. Golden State. For which one? Steph. No. You don't think there's any possibility? No, he's it, never he's never leaving. What they could get for Steph? I mean, you're talking about Ben Simmons, and you're talking no. about Maxi, and no, you no, give up. No. Simmons, Maxi, Thibel, all the picks you got. You don't think there's any possibility? I don't know. No, they're ready to compete, because they have like next year when Clay's back, remember they also have that Minnesota. Clay's never going to be the same again. He's a he's a spot shooter. He doesn't mean he gets the ball, catches it, and shoots. He's coming off two straight ACLs. Well, it's one ACL, one Achilles. Well, one ACL, one. That's even worse. Achilles is even worse. <laughs> Just bringing honesty uh, to the it corner. is. But I mean, you don't think there's any possibility? Any any way the, that happens? They're going to get another probably top five pick again with that from the the Wiggins pick. I don't. I think they're. I think they believe in this. Like. I don't know. They're playing all right now. They're kind of middling, but I think they they believe they have something in Wiseman. Curry's Curry's got plenty of years left. They don't need to worry about Curry. All right, just throwing it out there. Just maybe maybe I'm being a little over positive tonight. Why'd you um, but, Why'd you skip past Portland though? Because I I I I don't think they're trading for. I don't think they're trading Lillard, and I'm only trading for Lillard if he already agrees to a contract. Like he's in the last year of his deal. Yeah. Like I just, I, I'm not. I'm not trading for two months of Damian Lillard. If that's the case, yeah, you should have gone and got James Harden. So in your mind, Steph Curry's more available than Dame Lillard? No, but I'm saying if you're looking for a big, big fish that's controllable for future years, you know, we'll see. We, we could see. I mean, if, if things get ugly there, I mean, that team's not doing anything in the West. They're not doing anything without Clay. Um, I think for the next three years, they can be something. We'll see. Uh, just, just. Relax. Just throwing it. I can't be crazy. Can't be positive at all on this show. I guess it's got to be all negativity with you, just Mike. Looking for real, you know, realism. All right. Well, you know, I'm just throwing it out. There. And I will say, Brad Beal uh, is a Drew Corrigan guy too. So he and Embiid have worked out together. 
for what that's worth. Do you mean Hanlon? Drew Hanlon. Oh, Drew Hanlon. Yeah, yeah. Corgan's the Twitter Who's guy. Corgan? I don't even I know I think that he's that a is. Twitter guy. Oh, okay. He's like a writer. Okay. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's get Rich in here. Or Scott, well, in Richboro, let's talk a little Eagles real quick. What's up, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, Tom, first of all, I agree with you 100% about Wentz. Uh, what a mamby-pamby. And kind of reminds me a little bit of Lindros. I mean, not exactly the same with the parents, and but it's it's kind of like what you're saying. And it's just uh, it's sickening. It really is sickening. You bring up a good point. The other point that I want to bring up, I was watching uh, TV sports today, was, uh, sports shows, and they were saying about some of these coaches, they said Urban Meyer was going to go to the – Jackson, uh, the Jaguars, which would make sense because he has a house there, and they were also saying that the enemy to the Texans, and then this guy Boyle for the Eagles, who I don't know, and I didn't know if you knew anything about him. They say he's the one that they think is going to come, you know, to the Eagles, and then on the show, Joe Brady. Joe Brady is that who you're talking about? Joe Brady? Yes, yes, and I I'm not familiar with him, and they were saying that that's who they think was going to be, you know, with the Eagles. But I know Urban Meyer, and that would make a lot of sense because he has a house in Florida. I know him personally, and uh, he does want to come back. And I, I, I can't see him going with Jacksonville. Uh-huh. The enemy, I was surprised at that because I thought that he might come here. And uh, then the other thing that uh, was amazing on the show, a guy came on, and he was slap shot for the Flyers. And uh, Mikey Miss. Uh, got asked him a, a direct question. He said, how much did they pay you for being the mascot before, uh, I guess, this other one that they have, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Gritty? And he said, oh, they pay me $25 a game. And I just was amazed at that. This guy's name is Boyle. He lives in Cherry Hill, and he was slap shot. And I, oh. I just I was amazed at that. And one last thing. Manny Pacquiao boxed the other night. He ought to give it up. I mean, he's too old. He, he, he's still a good boxer, and he's he's amazing what he's done. Right. But they threw wrestling in on that. And this is what amazed me. With all the money that's in our sports, I'm watching this wrestling. They had video monitors in the seats instead of cardboard statues of people that were actually looking and watching. And wow. I'm thinking, why can't they do that in basketball? I know, you know, there's some sports, baseball, you probably have to put a... Uh, a big plastic screen up so it wouldn't hit those monitors because wrestling, you know, nobody's being thrown out of the into the seats, if uh-huh. you understand what I'm saying. That would be the only thing. But I'm wondering, all the money's in these other sports, why they can't do what they're doing. Yeah. I thought that was amazing because you're seeing all these people on the screen that are actually watching the wrestling. No. And that was amazing. They had them set up like seats, and wrestling has to be that? one of the poorest sports around. And I'm like, you know, I don't know why they're not doing this with basketball. I mean, because I'm sure the players like to see that, and it was very interesting to me. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe that when I saw that. And like I said, I don't really watch wrestling, but it came in on the box, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's amazing how they're doing that. Yeah. And I was, you know, I just don't understand. Money in football, you know, all this, they should do the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't a, know why they don't. That's a good idea, Scott. I appreciate the call. How about Scott? Scott just rifled off takes after take. It was just. Take after take after take. I couldn't even get in. I couldn't even follow everything you saying, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the cadence there. So thank you, Scott, for the call. Your rifle went off takes at me. Uh 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Um, did the Sixers squander an opportunity? You know, uh heard Mike talk about it. Mike thinks they did, and I'm sure a lot of people do. I'm disappointed, but I do trust Daryl Morey. I trust Daryl Morey that he will do the right thing for this organization. And Daryl Morey knows James Harden better than anyone and decided this was not the right route to go. This was not the right decision to make at this time. And I'm going to trust that. You know, the guy just got here a couple months ago, one of the best executives in sports, um, and uh, obviously knows James Harden well. So I'm going to trust him. I'm disappointed, but I'm going to trust him. Where are you? Did the Sixers squander a massive opportunity to get a star? Or did they do the right thing by not pulling the trigger? 215-592-9494. We'll also get to uh, some Eagle stuff when we get back as well. And uh, one, um, Scott brought up one of the candidates for the Eagles job that they do have interest in. We'll touch on that guy when we get back as we uh, run through some of the candidates here for the rest of the show. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Just checking back in on the Twitter feed at TommyKelly44. Ryan, you're the man. Ryan has sent us some Banya clips. Um, I can't hear it on my computer, but the one is uh, they're testing out the Ovaltine joke. I can just tell. Uh, Roundtine, Jerry. Roundtine. Uh, that, that's a great one. The other one is when, uh, Jerry intentionally bombs, uh, with the suspenders when Banya is using him to, um, uh, f- to, to, to what Banya goes on after him normally. Yes. And when Jerry's killing, kill. Yep. Yeah. Um, and this was also, I believe the one where, uh, Kramer burns himself on the roof where he roasts himself, um, where he's buttering himself butter up. Yeah. yeah. That's a great That's, I love uh, that episode. The first episode of season nine? I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. I'm a big fan of that episode. I, I more of a question than a declaration. And then Newman tries to go take a bite out of him. That's great. That's great stuff. Those, Newman starts like craving him, right? Yeah, well Newman, yeah. remember he's looking at the turkey and then hey <laughs> buddy, he's got the little yeah, arm right. thing. That's great. Two one five, thank you. Thank you, That's, Ryan. Uh, for that. The uh the voice. Right? Like the hello. Like the, oh, like is the it? stomach. Oh the, yeah, that that's a that's a good one. That is a good I episode. Um, so thank you, Ryan. Uh, at, Ryan uh, is uh, you can find him at Fishpot twenty two. So thank you, Ryan, for uh, tweeting that in two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, in a minute, I want to get to um, a report from Mike Garofalo that is very troubling in regards to the Eagles and in regards to the process of firing Doug Peterson, and really illustrates why this team has an owner problem right now more than anything else. But real quick, I want to do um, look at some of the candidates here uh, throughout the course of the show. We haven't gotten to any yet. We'll go through some of them tonight, and we'll continue doing this as um, the search progresses. But uh, the last caller brought up Joe Brady, who is one of the, the guys that is interviewed for the Eagles job uh, reportedly, and um, he he did interview with the birds. And if you don't know about Joe Brady, we'll fill you in a little bit. Um, an interesting candidate coming off a season as Panthers offensive coordinator, I thought did a pretty good job with that offense, working under Matt Rule um, without a ton of talent, and uh, you know did a nice job with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Robbie Anderson ends up having his best year after a bunch of years with the Jets in Carolina. That offense, they were missing Christian McCaffrey the entire season, essentially. And they were able to to, to have a, a decent offense, like without a ton of talent. Um, some decent receivers, DJ Moore, um, Curtis Samuel, some guys they can use in different ways. But Joe Brady, is he kind of fits the bill for what you figure Jeffrey Lurie would be looking for. Jeffrey Lurie loves offense. Um, Jeffrey Lurie uh, sees... His team always wants to be at the forefront of offense, as he has said. And um, Joe Brady is a guy that would fit that mold. He's only 31 years old um, and is coming off of a year prior to his one year at Carolina, where he's the offensive coordinator at LSU. Um, oversaw that offense. Well, he was the passing game coordinator. He wasn't the entire offense. Okay, right, right. They had that other guy that was, but... Brady was essentially, as most people thought, the the um, the brains behind that offense uh, with Joe Burrow, and they had a lot of talent. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So um, a very uh, talented offense at LSU that he did a good job with. Obviously helped make Joe Burrow the number one overall pick in the draft. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on Joe Brady, Mike? Well, what are your thoughts there? 31-year-old guy, the age kind of scares me with Joe Brady. Like the mind, and weary of bringing in a coach that young. The age and just like the overall experience, like, yeah. Um, what the, the the closest thing to position of leadership, and, and you know it, it is a position of leadership being an offensive coordinator, but that's the only experience he has being a leader in his thirty-one years of you know life. Like yeah. he basically, like, I mean, he gets off the college field and he goes and works for Matt Rule almost immediately. Um, Finds his way with Sean Payton, and then you know a couple of years later, here he is. Like there's not a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, experience going there. I, I would, I would pass. I hear what you're saying with the offensive thing. I think if I'm going to do the offensive thing, I want to get closer to Wentz in terms of a quarterback guy. I don't just want a a play design guy. 
Right. Like I want a I want a quarterback fixer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think that's fair, and I think you look at Joe Brady. I I, I agree. I think he's a guy you got to talk to certainly. Um, and if he comes in and he blows you away in an interview, maybe you look at him a la you know a, a, another Sean McVay, but. Um, he'd have to really impress me in an interview, basically. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would uh, tend to agree that Joe Brady, probably not the right guy for this job. Uh, the age scares me. The fact that you bring in a 31 year old guy. I mean, McVay has shown that that model can work if the coach is that good. Well, McVay uh, had eight years of NFL experience right, before. Right. True. Um, Brady, not much experience at the NFL level, but yeah, I, I think he's an interesting name ultimately though. Um, don't think he'll get hired as the Eagles' next head coach. Um, uh, nor nor should I. Uh, nor or, nor do I believe he he should. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what plays out. But certainly a guy you'd want to talk to if you're looking to fix a broken offense. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Open lines right now. If you want to join the show, um, and if you want to talk about the head coaching situation, you're welcome to. Uh, who you would suggest for the job? Um, what you think the Eagles should do? Um, and also, obviously, we're discussing this James Harden situation and whether the Sixers missed out on a golden opportunity. Did they squander an opportunity to get a star player? Um, I'm disappointed. I wanted James Harden. I was excited about that possibility, especially yesterday afternoon when it looked like it was going to happen. Um, but I trust Daryl Moore. I do, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump uh, yet, uh, as this is still a really good team, and I still think Daryl Moore will find a way to improve this roster uh, down the line. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, and um, I, I got to get to this here as. We spent a lot of the show earlier this week when I was on Tuesday talking about the Eagles clearly and Jeffrey Lurie after that ridiculous press conference on Monday uh, afternoon slash evening, and um, it was scary. It was. And speaking of trust, I've been touting for weeks here um, my trust in Jeffrey Lurie, and I have really wavered in that area over the last few weeks. Um, Just the way this season has gone, the way you can see Jeffrey Lurie's influence impacting this team in a negative way, and the things that he said on Monday just showed an owner that is completely out of touch with his organization, completely out of touch with his fan base, um, and in many ways, out of touch with reality in terms of like how bad this season was. And I had trusted that Jeffrey Lurie would get to the bottom of what went wrong this year and how do we fix it. Clear to me, he did none of that. He didn't. Um, and he made what I felt to be a, a, a bad decision and an impulsive decision earlier this week in firing Doug Peterson. Now, we had talked a lot about where this came from and whether this was, and I know a lot of people want to rip Howie and this is not necessarily defensive Howie Rosen, but Howie Roseman is not the biggest problem with the Eagles right now. The biggest problem with the Eagles is the owner. And this was very troubling. Um, as this report came on Tuesday, as far as what went in to the decision to fire Doug Peterson, I st- and on NFL network, Mike Garofalo used to work in this town, used to work at WIP. Um, and, Mike Garofalo uh, reported exactly how this firing of Doug Peterson went down. I'm told that this was a Jeffrey Lurie decision here. There are three big uh, voices in the Eagles organization. It's Jeffrey Lurie, it's Howie Roseman, it's team president uh, Don Smolensky. And from what I gather, it was the one loudest voice, the only one you really need on this one, Jeffrey Lurie, who really made the push for Doug Peterson to be dismissed here. Uh, and that Howie Roseman and Smolensky were trying to, to salvage the situation and get those two back on the same page and go forward with Doug Peterson still as the head coach of the team. Now, that's pertinent here in response to your question because 
I don't get the sense that this team expected a coaching search to be happening right now. So they're kind of scrambling a little bit. We're seeing uh, the requests are in for Robert Sala uh, and Todd Bowles right now. Those two have been out there. We can confirm that. Uh, but I-, I wouldn't look at it and say, oh, these are the targets. Because right now, this team is just getting its feet underneath it as they start a coaching search while six other teams are already deep into theirs. So I think there's a little bit of frustration on that part. Uh, And I think it's tough to get a read right now on who's going to wind up being the guy for the Eagles. Now, regardless of how you feel about Howie Roseman, regardless about how you feel about the people within the Eagles front office, that is not encouraging. That is not the sign of a functional organization. As an owner, your job is... To, to, to hire competent people and to trust those people. And if this report is true, which we have no reason to believe it's not, especially when Howie's out there a week before doing a press conference with Doug, in which Howie seems to clearly believe he is sitting next to the head coach who's going to be the head coach for the next year. Like, Howie said nothing in that press conference to make me think Howie had any desire to fire Doug Peterson. When you have an owner disregard the advice of the people he hired to make these decisions and to give him advice, that's not the sign of a functioning organization. And, you know, you heard some things from Jeffrey Lurie the other day that really make you scared. And you hear about him, you know, the reports the other night from Jeff McClain that he is making draft choices. And that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is a guy that Jeffrey Lurie wanted. Jeffrey Lurie shouldn't be making football decisions. Jeffrey Lurie shouldn't have a voice in who you're taking in the second round of a draft. When uh, I couldn't find this exact cut, but Jeffrey Lurie's talking about how I I watch the game. I watch for schemes. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't know what he's looking at when he's watching football as far as schemes go. I mean, come on. The guy's the owner of the football team. He's not a football operations guy. He's not a real football guy. 25 years. Like he's Yeah, but do you think Jeffrey Lurie knows schemes better than better than Doug Peterson does? Better than real football coaches do? Jeffrey Lurie doesn't know what he's looking at. I wouldn't say better, but it's not like he's an idiot anymore. Like he he's been around for years now with all with you know, with Reed, you know, Peterson obviously. Like he I think he's picked up a thing or two. But he should not be making decisions like this. Who's the owner? Against the but you don't well okay. Well, this is the this the thing, Mike. If you don't trust, and it goes back to the same thing we were talking about with Doug, where if you don't trust Doug, I've been saying it for weeks, if you don't trust Doug to make decisions on his staff and personnel and that kind of stuff, then you got to fire him. Because if you don't trust him, you got to fire him. Same goes for the front office. If you don't trust Howie Roseman and you don't trust Don Smolensky to give you advice on who your coach should be, then what are they there for? If you're not going to take their advice, if you're not going to, if you're not going to listen to the guys you hired to make these decisions, then why don't you fire them too? Doesn't make any sense. If I'm Howie, don't I point to the staff I built for Doug, and say I know what I'm doing? Like he hit a grand slam of a like, like he hit a home run of a staff when he hired Reich, DiFilippo, right? Well, that's Schwartz, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Stoutland. Like, if Lurie trusts Howie, and Howie's telling you not to fire Doug, then why are you firing Doug? Because the quarterback wanted him fired. Well, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to him. We'll get to him in the four o'clock hour because you know uh, the, the the redheaded uh, baby. Um, I'm I'm just so I'm so finished with this guy. But um, the Eagles also have an owner problem, and Jeffrey Lurie and his offensive vision. Um, you know the the good owners know what they don't know and defer to the people around them. And Jeffrey Lurie has become a, a, a meddlesome owner. He has. And there are a couple uh, pieces of sounds here I want you to hear that, that illustrate that. First, here it is when it comes to the draft, where Jeffrey Lurie's talking about the draft and, and the picks the Eagles have made and, and kind of talking about why he has confidence in the front office moving forward. Here's what he had to say. Um, luckily for me, I sit there and I get to see exactly what took place and takes place. And, um, you know, maybe someday I'll write a book about it, but you can't really talk publicly about uh, what could have been and all that. There are mistakes made and they have to be improved, corrected. And, uh, you know, I expect us to, to have that success. Um, 
We've certainly had the success on the field that has to be in every aspect of the organization. I'm not somebody who's very satisfied. My personality is, uh, even when we're winning, uh, we can do a lot better. My my message to Jim Schwartz uh, after we won the Super Bowl was, wow, that was not a good defensive performance. So it's like um, in that game, it was great against the Vikes and the Falcons. But again, sure my personality it. is, I, I want to win badly. I want to win more Lombardis for Philadelphia and our fans. We got the greatest fans around and I will do everything possible. And if it means making any change necessary, uh, I will. That's part of what I mean. Like Jeffrey Lurie thinking he knows, and that's just humorous. Jeffrey Lurie thinking he knows more than Jim Schwartz uh, about defense. I still love when Les tries jumping in there with, I'm sure he, I'm sure he appreciated that. Like, yeah, no, no, no. You, you don't know more about defense than Jim Schwartz, Jeffrey. You hire the people that you that you trust, and you let them make the decisions. Here's one more from Jeffrey Laurie talking about his role um, being the same, uh, uh, as he puts it, for his entire tenure. I would say my involvement's been the same for about 25 years. Um, I, I think that what I tend to do uh, is to ask a lot of questions and to, to understand where we're coming from strategically, and um, performance-wise, and it's stood us in a good way because it's allowed me to uh, transition when we've needed to uh, make coaching decisions that have worked out um, at least often in the short run or long run um, and allowed us to be able to have a a finger on the pulse of what could take place. Um, When we have a bad season, I look at myself as much as I look at anybody else. Uh, but I think we have a great infrastructure. I think we've got good people all throughout the building. Um, and it's the same, uh, a lot of the same people that built the championship team. And, uh, you know, I, I think our track record of in the last 20 years, how many NFC East titles, playoff appearances and appearances in the NFC championship game. Those are some of the metrics I look at. And, um, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll compare our record with uh, almost anybody. So I, I think the involvement's good. You never want to be too involved. You never want to micromanage. And I'm very, very sensitive to that. You got to trust the people around you and first bring in the right people around you and then trust them. And, you know, you hear that there, Jeffrey Lurie list, listing off the, the record and the accomplishment. The success has gone to his head and it's made him a meddlesome owner. And that is a problem when your owner is not only disregarding what the head coach wants, but what the front office wants. And I'm not telling you Howie Rosen's perfect. I'm not telling you that front office operates in a perfect way. But if you have the people in place, you take their advice and you trust their advice. If you don't, then they got to go. It was the same thing with Doug. Same thing I'd said with Doug for weeks. I would have kept Doug. I still would have. I think it, it was a bad decision. I think it was an impulsive decision. And especially if you weren't getting that advice from your front office and your front office was advocating to keep Doug and you fired him anyway. Uh, that That is not something a functional organization does and not something a competent owner does after a coach had, uh, you know, his first bad year, essentially, in, in, in five. When you look at even 2016, I thought that was a decent season to lay that foundation. So, yeah, Jeffrey Lurie's a problem. Jeffrey Lurie's become meddlesome. He has become power hungry, even within his own organization, and he's not trusting the people that he has in place. That is not going to end well. We've seen how that's ended in Dallas for decades. There's a reason why the Cowboys don't win anything. It's because they have a meddlesome owner. And that's what Jeffrey Lurie has become. That does not bode well for the Philadelphia Eagles. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, when we get back, we will look at another candidate for the head coaching job. And then after that, we, we got to get to the Carson Wentz aspect of all this. Because reporting this week about Carson Wentz and his input, his role in the firing of Doug Peters, Peterson, and it is nothing short of disgraceful. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. (laughs) 
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Um, quick segment here, and when we get back, we will dive into the quarterback situation with the Eagles, which I have been saving up um, for a while here. We just haven't gotten a chance to get to it. I was planning on getting to a lot more Eagles stuff earlier tonight, but then the James Harden thing went down, and, uh, and you know, it's put the Eagles stuff on the back burner a little bit. But we're going through a few of the candidates here, and I want to talk about another one real quick. Um, Lincoln Riley. Um, the coach of Oklahoma, um, and the Eagles reportedly called Lincoln Riley immediately. Uh, the day they fired Doug Peterson, um, innovative coach, coach Jalen Hurts at, at OU, um, had Baker Mayfield, had Kyler Murray, did a nice job with those guys. I'm a Lincoln Riley fan. This would be my number one choice as well. Now, reports are that he's not interested in making the jump to the NFL at this time. That could be true. Um, didn't take the Cowboys job last year. Didn't want to interview for that. But as we saw eight years ago with Chip, things can change, and, and things can change quickly. Um, I like Lincoln Riley. Uh, the Jalen Hurts connection obviously is there. Um, but who knows? Maybe he could fix... Uh, Wentz as well. What are your thoughts on, on Lincoln Riley, Mike? I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I think he, um, I think they, maybe this is like a little, um, little carrot for him. Whereas like they like getting Intel from him in college and yeah. And look, he's a smart, he's a bright guy. It doesn't hurt to talk to him. It only costs time. So what, what is it for you? Is it the chip? Is it the chip scars that, that scare you? I am not a big 12 guy. I don't like the, That's... I don't, I don't like the, the, the way the offense attacks the defense, I guess. It's just okay. it's too easy for me. I, I That's a good point. I, and that was the reason I, I had such a problem with the Raider pick, is you're going to take a guy from the Big 12 over a guy from the SEC, uh, and a yeah. guy from the SEC had better numbers. Um, but, yeah, I, I get that. I like him. I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's, he does a good job of quarterbacks. Yeah, he does. I mean, it's pretty easy when you... Like, but even I mean, Baker and Kyler have been pretty good at the NFL level as well. Well, his thing is he gets transfers that like get rejected elsewhere, and he just he gets like the most elite transfers. Right. Well, that I mean, that's pretty uh, impressive to 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 resurrect those guys. Though. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's good. Like, he's he's no doubt a good college coach, one of the ten, fifteen best in the nation. I, I don't know if he's ready to be an NFL head coach. It, like, it's funny the, the Jalen Rager pick. Apparently, they called him up for his advice on Rager, and he endorsed them. Really. Well, that's kind of scary, but um, yeah, I think he's an interesting guy. From what you hear, it's it, different personality than Chip. Um, not that kind. Of, like I wouldn't rule out college coaches. I know some people are like, "Oh, they should never go for a college coach again." I'm not. I'm not looking at it that way. I think Chip was a Chip was a different kind of kind yeah, of guy. Lincoln Riley's a normal guy. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's a, a, an actual football guy, not a. Not a you know shake and and uh, and whatever sleep machine guy Chip was. <laughs> what? Yeah, was, yeah, he's had the sleep machine and the shakes and all that. Oh, crap. sleep monitor, it's not sleep, sleep machine, monitor, whatever, whatever it was. Sleep machine. Chip's such a fraud. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's get Dave and Cherry Hill in. What's up, Dave? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Hey, uh, I agree with you that uh, Laurie's taking charge. I think he's seen the dysfunction that's going on and. Uh, He's he's taken a U-turn on uh, his philosophy, and uh, he is um, he's he's the decision to let Peterson go was mutual. He did not mis- micromanage it. He uh, he has a philosophy, and uh, Peterson was not buying into it. I yeah, because the, that, yeah, because the philosophy the philosophy that Jeffrey Lurie had was keep the crybaby quarterback, and Doug didn't want to keep the crybaby quarterback. No, I think I think Wentz is going to go. I'm predicting that Wentz goes for draft picks. I think he that uh, Laurie wants to go for the future. I also predict that Howie Roseman is not going to run the draft next year, but Dorsey is or somebody else. Well, I hope that's the case, Dave. But uh, I, I I disagree on the quarterback. I, th- I I mean I think there's a certainly a chance. I don't think there's a hundred percent chance he's back, but. Um, I, I look at this as, as there was a power struggle between Doug and Carson, and, and Carson won it. They catered to him again. Well, I think the Peterson was uh, wanted to go out the door even long ago, and he uh, managed the team uh, accordingly, and that he's going to look for a, a job that he's uh, more fitted for. He doesn't want to go for the future. He wants to go for the present, and uh, that's the way I think. 
I got you. I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And we'll talk about that more in the next segment and get to the quarterback situation because this is a mess and I hope Dave's right. I don't want, I don't care who the coach is. I don't want Carson Wentz on this team. Um, we'll get to that when we return. Uh, and the role that he had in, in ending Doug Peterson's career in Philadelphia. Uh, because if you don't, you know, if you don't think Carson Wentz had a role, whether he was the sole person who got it done, um, I don't necessarily think that. But Carson Wentz absolutely had a role in getting a good coach fired. And um, I don't want him on this team anymore. Bottom line. I don't think, I, I think he's a weasel. I think he's a snake. And we'll talk more about it next. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 